um, Stephen, who crosses. So welcome to you all in the absence of Steve, who's somewhere nice on holiday. Well, hopefully it's nice and the weather's good for him. Um, so we'll begin with a wee prayer um, and um, then we will uh, have a find out if anybody's got a birthday or anything. So let's pray. Gracious Father, we thank you that we can meet even a small in number that you've promised where two or three gather in your name that you'll be with us. And so we thank you that we can meet and remember those that can't for different reasons and ask your blessing upon us as we share uh, together uh, around your table. For Christ's sake. Amen. Amen. Good. So uh, anybody's got a birthday or an anniversary or anything exciting like that that, um, that we can remember? Anybody? And Derek, we'll have to look out for waving hands or anything. No, I'm not, I'm not seeing any, I'm afraid. Yeah. No, I can't see any either, no. Okay, right. Okay, so we'll go on then to um, uh, our gathering prayer. So, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So we're going to be thinking about Thanksgiving today, and um, in particular we're going to use the Thanksgiving prayer, the general Thanksgiving. So the question is, um, how do you... Uh, incorporate thanksgiving in your prayers so there's probably only going to be two groups today aren't there Derek so yes. <laughs> limited. Um, but um, yeah about thanksgiving in your prayers right off we go Good, nice to see you all. Right, over to... Um... Is this me? I didn't, I didn't think we were having one this morning, right? So this is an introduction to Rejoice in the Lord Always. The simplicity of the tune and the fun of singing it as a round makes the words stick in the memory. There's something about songs where the combination of the rhythm and pitch of the tune and the words go together. This is something that even young children begin to appreciate with nursery rhymes and frequently remains even when dementia has taken away short-term memory. And this was one of over 20 simple songs composed by an elementary school teacher in Reading, a town about the size of Bath in Pennsylvania, so not Reading here. Evelyn Fern Tanner was born in 1912, and when she composed this song in the mid-1960s, she was an active member of Moans Hill Evangelical Congregational Church. Goodness, that's a mouthful. Many <laughs> of her compositions show how, as a teacher, she appreciated how important it was to put scripture into song. This was one of the features of the late 1960s and 70s that was recognised by David and Dale Garrett in New Zealand and spread rapidly through many churches. Evelyn lived to just after her 90th birthday. Well, that makes a change. Most of the hymn writers seem to die. This is the <laughs> Good. Well, let's let's all uh, mute and then we're going to um, sing it, I think. Yeah, Margaret's away, so I'm trying to play and sing. Uh, okay, I'll try go and for do it. those, but I'm unable to sing as a rhymed as well. No, no, no. <laughs> so um, if you do know the rhymes, uh, when we get to the chorus, rejoice, rejoice. 
some of you, you could just go back and sing Rejoice in the Lord Always, that will fit. Okay. Thank you. Now we come then to our confession. So I'll do the black bit and then um, you'll join in, in with all of the, uh, the red bits. So here we go. Christ of the light of the world has come to dispel the darkness of our hearts. In his light, let us examine ourselves and confess our sins. Marion, you are on mute. Sorry, sorry, I'll start again. Most merciful God, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, we confess that we have sinned in thought, word and deed. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbours as ourselves. Now Derek hasn't put the um, next words on. Oh, in your mercy, forgive what we have been. Help us to amend what we are and direct what we shall be, that we may do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. Amen. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy upon us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in life eternal through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. And then the collect for the week. God of truth, help us to keep your law of love and to walk in ways of wisdom that we may find true life in Jesus Christ, your son. Amen. Amen. Now we're going to sing, Now Thank We All Our God, or at least verses one to three.
thank you. So now we'll hand over to uh, Andrew, who's going to be talking to us about the prayer of general thanksgiving. Thank you, Andrew. Thank you, Hedda. And uh, it's it's a, a topic that I think many of us actually neglect. And um, so I thought rather than focus on a particular biblical passage this morning, I, I'd look at this prayer of the general thanksgiving, which personally I found it incredibly helpful in my own prayer life. Uh, rest assured, though, there will be plenty of uh, references to scripture, so it's, it's, um, it's going to be pretty meaty with the scriptures. I think we'd all agree that uh, Thanksgiving should be integral to our prayer life. And I remember being taught the old adage of adoration, confession, thanksgiving and supplication with thanksgiving there as part of uh, the well-structured prayer. And <clears throat> I always remember, too, um, those good words from Philippians 4, when Paul says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, by prayer and petition, and there we are, with thanksgiving, um, make your request, I've missed something there, haven't I? Make your request unto God, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. But I wonder if you're like me, and quite often that... Um, thanksgiving and indeed the adoration and the confession gets a bit left out because we're so keen to ask God what we want that we truncate acts to s and uh, go on with the uh, supplication but actually thanksgiving is so important and I remember my mother as she was getting older um, she used to say that she'd learned the importance of counting her blessings and you remember that old song count your blessings name them one by one and it will surprise you what the Lord has done. And as she got older and more frail and, and the sort of joys of life were not what they once were, she said, well, looking back, I realized how much I've got to thank God for. And she found that really helpful. And it, it made her feel more positive about life and to complain less. Um, now I found that using the general thanksgiving is a way of incorporating thanksgiving into my own prayer life because they're so incredibly rich. Um, it gives a sort of framework for organizing thanks and praise. And so I want to, this morning, look at it in a little more detail. But first I want just to uh, say a little bit about the person who wrote it, which was um, this guy, Edward Reynolds. And he lived from 1599 to 1676. And in later life, he became Bishop of Norwich. But um, before that, in quite a successful career, he then had a major blip. Um, he had become Dean of Christ Church, uh, Oxford, and Vice Chancellor of the University um, of Oxford, and was doing very well. But then along comes Cromwell, and this uh, Edward Reynolds refused to sign the humble proposals of sundry, learned, and pious divines. And uh, as a result, he lost both his positions. However, fortunately, his uh, fortunes were reversed on the death of Oliver Cromwell. And following the restoration in 1660, he was made chaplain to Charles II. He became warden of Merton College, Oxford, and Bishop of Norwich, all in relatively short time. Now, we don't know exactly when he wrote this prayer, but it was incorporated into the 1662 Book of Common Prayer in response to Puritans who complained 
there were not enough prayers of thanksgiving in the prayer book. So they realized prayer thanksgiving was important. They ought to do more of it. So with that background, let's just look at the prayer. And I'm going to read it first and then look at various um, parts of it. So, almighty God, Father of all mercies, we, your unworthy servants, give you humble thanks for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life, but above all, for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. And we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit be honour and glory throughout all ages. Amen. Now, I hope you'll agree that's a wonderful prayer. And I want to break it down into various sections and just um, explain why I find it so helpful. So the prayer begins with Almighty God. And this reminds me that I'm coming into the presence of the one who is all powerful, the one who created and sustains the universe. I guess that especially resonates with me as a scientist because I continue to be amazed at the wonder of creation. As we look out into space, with increasingly powerful and sophisticated telescopes, we're even more aware of the vastness and wonder of God's creation, the billions of galaxies, each with billions of suns like our star, uh, like our, uh, our, our sun. It's just incredible. And it's taken light more than 13 billion years to reach us from the very edge of the universe. So we have a greater appreciation probably than David did when he said in Psalm 8, 3 to 4, when I consider your heavens, the works of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of him, the human beings that you care for them? Actually, Derek, we, we was another quote I wanted. If you go back to the previous slide, um, the, the other one he said, can we just go backwards? Sorry. Uh, I realized we're ahead. The heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the work of his hands. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they reveal knowledge. Really, David couldn't have been aware like we are, just incredible immensity of all that God has created. And I can turn my thoughts also right down into the, the, the subcellular level in, inside the cell to molecules, subatomic particles, and the mysteries of the quantum world. And there too, I see the God, almighty God, at work. But as we see, it goes, prayer goes on, Father of all mercies. And this reminds me that despite his almighty power, he still cares for me as a father. He's a God of relationships who created us in his own image, as Genesis 1 reminds us. And then Coming back then to this verse. Now, if you go back, David, um, Derek, because I wanted to, this is back, <laughs> sorry. Um, this is where I wanted to go back to that Psalm, which I quoted out of order before. This, when I consider the heavens, 
the work of your hands, the moons and the stars which you have set in place. What is mankind that you are mindful of them, human beings that you care for? And this almighty God we can relate to as our heavenly father. And then he's the God of all mercies. And we move on to the next slide. And David again reminds us in one of his psalms. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. This almighty God is compassionate. He loves us as a father. He has mercy on us. And of course, Jesus himself told us to speak to God as our father, as Abba. This is a wonderful thing that almighty God we can come to as our heavenly father. Then we move on to the next words of the general thanksgiving, which is we, your unworthy servants, give you humble and hearty thanks. The heart is not in this version for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all you have made. And here I pick up on the words unworthy and humble. We don't deserve God's love because we constantly fail to live up to his standards or we actively disobey him. Yet our merciful God and our Father still loves us and he cares for us. And again, David was aware of this when he says in Psalm 109, verses 10 to 12, he doesn't treat us as our sins deserve or repair us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he moved our transgression from us. Now, the prayer of thanksgiving is going to return to God's mercy in a moment when it focuses on what Jesus has achieved on the cross. But before it does that, we're reminded to thank God for all, if we move on to the next slide, for all your goodness and loving kindness to us and to all whom you have made. We bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. I want particularly to focus on that we bless you for our creation, preservation, and all the blessings of this life. Because this reminds me to thank God for the abundance of his provision for me in so many ways. I think of some of these as I pray this prayer. Blessings that I have received and continue to receive. It'll be different for everybody, but I can thank God for good parents, good health, the gift of children and grandchildren, friends and family, the beauty of creation, the material wealth that I, unlike so many, enjoy, for the freedom of religion that we have in this country and for living in a democracy. There is so much. And in essence, this is counting my blessings. And it is as I do this that I'm more aware of what a wonderful God that I have and that to whom I can pray. But the prayer then I think reaches its climax. And these are the words that I focus on more than any others in the general thanksgiving. I think they're wonderful. When it says, we thank God above all for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. I find these words as such a wonderfully rich and succinct expression of gratitude for God for what he has done in Jesus on the cross. And of course, if you notice, it reflects one of the most well-known famous verses in the Bible, John 3, 16, which says, for God so loved the world 
that he gave his one and only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. That depth of love whereby God the Father, almighty God, should allow his own son to die an excruciating death on the cross for us, who constantly rebel against him. That sort of love is indeed immeasurable, beyond measurement, or in the 1662 version says, inestimable. Paul puts it this way in Romans 8, 5, verses 7 to 8. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly care to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us, that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were yet sinners, we don't deserve it. This is what grace is all about, the way God chose to bring about our forgiveness through the death of his son, something we can't earn through our own merit, through our own efforts. Of course, we probably know that grace is often spoken of as God's riches at Christ's expense. And we should never tire of pausing to marvel at this wonderful gift and thank God for it. It's rightly the focus of so many worship songs. I, I often find when I'm praying and thinking perhaps through a, a worship song, so often they come back to that central focus of Christ dying on the cross for us. So as I meditate on these words of the general thanksgiving, I remember that the death and resurrection of Jesus provides the means of my, my total forgiveness, my justification, just as if I'd never sinned, such that I am spared the spiritual death that sin brings. The wages of sin is death, as Paul puts it in Romans 6.23. And we have that promise of eternal life, the hope of glory as the general thanksgiving puts it. This is a wonderful truth. But there's something more because I notice that the general thanksgiving speaks of the redemption of the world. And John 3.16 says, for God so loves the world, which is actually in Greek cosmos, the universe. Almost. And that reminds me that Jesus achieved far more on the cross than just my own and your salvation, personal salvation. Christ conquered the totality of sin in the fallen world. This will ultimately, ultimately lead to the new creation and a new heaven and a new earth. Paul speaks of it in this way in Romans 8, 21. Creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. And then similarly, John speaks of this in Revelation 21, three and four, when he has his visions of the new heavens, the new earth. And he says this, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people and he will dwell with them. They will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There'll be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. Here is our future hope, a wonderful hope that we can hold on to. And it's so important when life is difficult, as it is for many of us at the moment, as we look at the world situation. Perhaps personally too, circumstances are tough. And yet we're reminded that because of what Christ did in, on the cross, we have a future hope that we can hold on to. And so I always like to focus on these 
climactic words of the general thanksgiving as a focus, my prayers, those words, but above all, for your immeasurable love in the redemption of the world by our Lord Jesus Christ, for the means of grace and for the hope of glory. But having reached the climax of, of the thanksgiving, the prayer now focuses on how our thankful hearts should lead to change lives that reflect our gratitude to God. This is the true meaning, of course, of worship. It's to give God his worth in both what we say and what we do. And so it says, and we pray, give us such an awareness of your mercies that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. If the first half of the general thanksgiving has reminded us of all that we should be thankful for, the second half speaks of how that awareness, if we truly appreciate it, should encourage and inspire us to speak and live in a way that pleases God. We know from our own experience that when someone does something for us that we're truly grateful, we naturally want to thank them. We may be thanking them in just the words we say, but yes, we want to do more often. We like to perhaps give them a, a present, a, a sign of our thankfulness, maybe a bunch of flowers, a box of chocolates, a card sometimes. Other times it'll be a reciprocal act of care when we can help them when the tables are turned. It shouldn't be just words. And so it should be with our response to all that God has given us. Yes, we will want to sing his praises, and that's so important. And we'll sometimes be doing that in our worship, in song, as we meet together, sometimes in our own personal lives, quietly thanking him in our prayers. But if our gratitude stops there with just superficial um, words of thanks, or well, not even superficial, but just words of thanks. If there's no practical expression of our thanks, then there's something wrong. And the prophets often had to warn the Israelites that their response to God often fell short of what he expected because it was just superficial. They weren't showing it as they should have done. Just think of those words in Micah 6, 6 to 8. With what shall I come before the Lord? and bow down before the exalted God. Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with 10,000 rivers of olive oil? Shall I offer my firstborn for my transgressions, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly, with your God. It's showing our gratitude in the way we live that's so important. And Jesus reminded of this, uh, this of us in a, a rather chilling way in the parable of the sheep and the goats, when he says that if you're a disciple and yet your lives don't reflect it, your faith isn't real. The parable ends with those chilling words directed at those whose lives did not reflect their gratitude and their love for their king. And he says in his parable, this is now talking of the people who weren't behaving as they should have done. Lord, when did we see you hungry or thirsty 
or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you. He will reply, truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for one of the least of these, you did not do for me. Then they will go away to eternal life, uh, to eternal punishment, but the righteous to eternal life. So <clears throat> the way we treat others, the practical care we show, our lifestyle reflects our attitude to Jesus himself. And if we are truly aware of all that he has done for us, surely our gratitude will be expressed in a Christ-like lifestyle. And that includes holiness of thoughts as well as action. So this is what we should mean and we're reminded of when we pray these words of the general thanksgiving, that with truly thankful hearts, we may show forth your praise, not only with our lips, but in our lives, by giving up ourselves to your service and by walking before you in holiness and righteousness all our days. I hold that in my mind as a challenge at the beginning of a new day. Before I end the prayer with those last words where the prayer says, through Jesus Christ our Lord, to whom with you and the Holy Spirit, the honour and glory throughout all ages. Those closing words remind me of the three persons of the Trinity who together are the almighty God and who are eternal, the same yesterday, today and forever. I'm praying to my heavenly father as the prayer began, but I do so through Jesus by whose death and resurrection I'm forgiven and thus have access into the presence of a holy God whom I seek to be Lord of my life. And yet this is only possible through the power of the Holy Spirit, whose help I ask for. And so with that in mind, I end with a firm, Amen. So be it. An affirmation that I will seek to live out what I've prayed. Well, I hope you've caught something of a glimpse as to why I find the general thanksgiving such a rich and helpful prayer. Uh, perhaps you'll also consider using it in your own times of prayer. If you are like me, you'll find it really helpful. Um, with that, I will leave you. Where are we going next, Pedro? Back to me to say uh, thank you very much as a, as a starter. And then we break down into uh, a couple of little groups again um, to uh, respond to the talk and then to share some ideas to act. Right, welcome back. I hope you had um, a good time in your uh, separate little groups, and uh, yeah. we certainly did, and didn't got stopped by the machine rather than we mm -hmm. stopped. So um, I hope you all had a, had a good chat together. So we're going to uh, move on and to sing uh, again. So glorious things of thee are spoken, uh, verses one to two. So thank you for what we're about to do now. Thank you.
Uh, I just want to check that people can hear me. Yes. Good. I, I just struggled with two things. One during Andrew's talk and then during that hymn, um, I could hear nothing but distortion. And then something went completely wrong during Andrew's talk and I lost a whole chunk because my email system seemed to want to take over, but I've recovered. So I'm hoping that... Um, when we come to the communion, but we can survive. Um, so anyway, over to, <laughs> to Marion to do the, 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 the creed. We believe in one God, the Father, the Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, of all that is seen and unseen. We believe in one Lord, Jesus Christ, the only Son of God, eternally begotten of the Father, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, begotten, not made, of one being with the Father. Through him all things were made. For us men and for our salvation, he came down from heaven. By the power of the Holy Spirit, he became incarnate of the Virgin Mary and was made man. For our sake, he was crucified under Pontius Pilate. He suffered death and was buried. On the third day, he rose again in accordance with the scriptures. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again in glory to judge the living and the dead. And his kingdom will have no end. We believe in the Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son. With the Father and the Son, he is worshipped and glorified. He has spoken through the prophets. We believe in one holy, Catholic and apostolic church. We acknowledge one baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. Amen. So we move now into our communion. Um, I do apologise. I should have said a long, long time ago, it, you hopefully you've got brought with you some bread and wine. Um, if not, you'll have to quickly nip out the room now and go and get some. Um, so I'm so, so sorry that I forgot to say this right at the beginning. Um, so Steve's much better at this than I am. <laughs> anyway. Good. The Lord is here. His spirit is with us. Lift up your hearts. We lift them to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. 
it is right to give thanks and praise. Blessed are you, Lord God, our light and our salvation. To you be glory and praise forever. From the beginning, you have created all things, and all your works echo the silent music of your praise. In the fullness of time, you made us in your image, the crown of all creation. You give us breath and speech, that with angels and archangels and all the powers of heaven, we may find a voice to sing your praise. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. How wonderful the work of your hands, O Lord. As a mother tenderly gathers her children, you embraced a people as your own. When they turned away and rebelled, your love remained steadfast. From them you raised up Jesus, our Saviour, born of Mary, to be the living bread in whom all our hungers are satisfied. He offered his life for sinners, and with a love stronger than death, he opened wide his arms on the cross. On the night before he died, he came to supper with his friends, and taking bread, he gave you thanks. He broke it and gave it to them, saying, Take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. At the end of supper, taking the cup of wine, he gave you thanks and said, Drink this, all of you, for this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Great is the mystery of faith. Christ has died. Christ is risen. Christ will come again. As our Saviour has taught us, so we pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Amen. We break this bread to share in the body of Christ. Though we are many, we are one body, because we all share in one bread. Draw near with faith, receive the body of our Lord Jesus Christ, which he gave for you, and his blood which he shed for you. Eat and drink in remembrance that he died for you, and feed on him in your hearts by faith with thanksgiving. We receive the bread the body of Christ broken for you. We receive the wine, the blood of Christ shed for you. 
Almighty God. We thank you for feeding us with the body and blood of your son, Jesus Christ. Through him, we offer you our souls and bodies to be a living sacrifice. Send us out in the power of your spirit to live and work to your praise and glory. Amen. Amen. Now we sing the final verse of glorious things of thee are spoken. Thank you. So may the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit rest upon you today and always. Amen. Stay in peace to love and serve the Lord. In the name of Christ. Amen. And together, if we can manage it, it makes a bit of a messy noise, but nevertheless, we can all do it together as we say together. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all evermore. Amen. Good. Thank you very much. Thank you. Lovely to see you all. And um, Steve is back next week. So um, hopefully all things will work. If his computer works better than mine anyway, that would be very useful. Um, it's, been, it's been okay, Pedro. I, I don't, has anybody else noticed the problem? No, it's on my computer. Right. I keep getting the, the whole screen disappears because emails want to take over. Mm. So I can get rid of it all and then it get back on track and things like that. Or the sound just goes. I mean, my, it's, it's such an old computer. I really need to buy a new one, but it's the cost and everything else. So yeah. I keep putting it off. And um, it's it's the business of, of setting up a new one. And oh, don't. Yes, I know. I dread that thought. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry's currently got two computers because he bought a new one, but he hasn't been able to make himself do the necessary to transfer stuff. Oh. We, we, we had a note from Gordon to say he had to leave because his head was done in. Yeah. He, oh. he was complaining on Monday that he got brain fog from COVID, so I think he's not in a good oh. place. I think no. they're both struggling so, at the moment. We can pray for both of them, I think. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Hey, Claire. Well, thank you also to Andrew for um, his bit this morning. And um, sorry, yeah. Andrew, I missed the middle bit. <laughs> oh, don't worry. And Claire, it was it's Psalm 103, I see, and I put 100. Ah. ah. <laughs> I'm sorry, 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 I got out of order with the slides.
Yeah. Oh, no, it wasn't your... It, I realised I hadn't... There was one place I, my prompt was wrong, I think, so it wasn't really your fault. No, but I got... I was reading your slide rather than my notes, which got me confused. <laughs> <laughs> thank you very much, Andrew. It was very good. Absolutely. Yes, thank you. Thank you. And it was nice to be reminded of... Yes. Yeah. Um, I'll test you all on it in a week or two that you learnt it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Good. Well, thank you. I'm afraid I've got to dash because I've got several things to do. Goodbye to you all. Thank you very much again, and to Derek as well for his bit. Cheers. Thank you, Heather. <laughs>